live in a hunter-gatherer society anymore. We're not out moving, squatting, throwing, picking up shit, running day to day. We're sitting at offices. We're sitting at desks, dude, for eight hours a day. We're right. in school for, what, 12, 14 years straight. Sitting exactly. at desk, and then we go work the rest of our life. Exactly. So we lose a lot of the stuff given to us at birth. Okay, so that's what mobility, real mobility training mm. is strength training with flexibility. Mm. So we're just giving people back what they once had. That way you can do whatever yeah. the hell you want to do. You're listening to On The Go Voice Podcast, where generations meet to hear sources of relatable experiences and stories through discussions. Our goal here is to create a platform for individuals of all backgrounds to relate and find different ways others are facing similar situations in their lives. Whether someone is struggling which paths on careers to take, how to handle people and relationships in their life, creating a sustainable and positive lifestyle, or just simply looking to learn new perspectives from people with similar backgrounds and interests, this podcast is for you. Alright guys, welcome to On The Go Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Sabiaga. And I'm your co-host, Edgar. And this is part of the active wellness series, guys. So well, who we have here, just so, just to tra- backtrack a little bit why we got them in here. Um, about a week and a half ago, I was at a competition out in uh, Kale Gym. And uh, it was a powerlifting competition. And you know, I was actually really inspired by the amount of weights these guys can carry. So I was just like, well, that's pretty cool. I need to step myself up, you know? But the thing that popped up in my head was like, man, you know, like how do they take care of their body? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. does that ever affect their pain, or how does that work for them? Well, I mean, powerlifting, like every other sport. I mean, each sports. I mean, every sport has their injuries. It's every, pretty much every most recovery ways are pretty similar. But uh, what's pretty interesting about um, about what these guys do, um, Matt and Mike? Mike. Yeah, um, I've been wanting to learn a lot more about it, but um, there was really no one here locally that I knew that was not that had the knowledge you know mm-hmm. they were all pretty far out this is pretty much the first time I'm yes sir them. yes I'm actually excited to have them on because uh, I work with Matt out in 24-hour fitness um, so I learned a little bit about his special mobility and joint functions and how that affects in today's worlds of fitness so uh, before we get started guys why don't you guys introduce a little bit about yourself yeah so uh, I've been in the fitness industry about 10 years now. 10 years, um, nice. And uh, over that time, I've studied a bunch of different um, modalities and practices. And um, one thing that was missing was joint-specific training, mm-hmm. right? So um, that's something more recently over the last couple of years. I got mm-hmm. into the FRS system, so functional range systems. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and yeah, that's just something I'm incorporating into my practice now. Nice. And what about yourself, Mike? Um, pretty much the same actually. It's been about 10 years I've been in the, uh, the, the whole fitness game thing here. Um, yeah, but went through a lot of different things and, um, you learn things in layers and layers and layers, but yeah, coming to something just like Matt's talking about, the functional rain system stuff, it's, it just lets you sharpen all your tools for mm-hmm. if you want to power lift or go hiking or do whatever you want to do. So right. it's pretty, pretty, pretty wholesome. I like that. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here, you know. So I don't really know a lot about these things. I'm always learning. So I'm, if you guys, you guys are all trainers. So I'm going to take advantage of this and yeah, ask as many questions as you can, you know. But um, right now, uh, what do you, um, how did you guys get involved in this 
fitness community? You know, what you got, what got you guys involved? Uh, you wanna go? Uh, I don't know. I mean, truly, <laughs> I just saw things on, 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 on social media, I guess, and it's like, I'm not one to just see something cool and try to jump on it, <laughs> fitness-wise. I think a lot of people are doing that nowadays, yeah, but um, truly, you see what works, and there's, there's science to support these things, and a lot of these other modalities out there, there's just not science behind it, right. so it's cool to see something so backed up. Um, that actually works, that's real, and that's supported by everything. Yeah, I, I agree. I think a lot of stuff is subjective. It's people, people's experience, which is important. Right. Um, I think with what we do to keep things honest and true and not just be so much about our biased opinions and our own experiences um, is to be as objective as possible. So having science to back that is, is huge. And, it's, and for me, um, I've always been huge into science. Um, so having this, knowing that thus far these types of things haven't been disproven it, it feels good to use these these practice with my clients because it's always mm-hmm. about getting them the best results and knowing what i'm actually doing as opposed to just doing what i've been told or what i've seen like you said on social media or someone's right. post and things like that so and, and it's a big like would you say edgar it's very big nowadays that they're posting a lot of content how you should do things and how you shouldn't do things and like you said there's not a lot of facts behind it it might just be subjective a lot of yeah a lot of bro science man Um, check marks and x's (laughs) yeah exactly um a lot of flashy things lines drawn through bodies a lot of stuff that's i i believe more for marketing Mm -hmm. um i don't think you should have to prove that your system or what you do works you know the proof is in the pudding so right. your clients testimonies what you're doing for people really is, is or what you've done for yourself mm-hmm. um, I think that should be the proof that really what you're doing um, so getting more into what you guys actually do you, you say was uh, functional range systems yeah so that's just one thing right so um, you know I do lots of things got lots of credentials um, it's just the newest thing I've added kind of to my like toolbox like we said um, it's joint specific training there is no other system on the planet that, that does this and this is why it's so effective and why I think now it's becoming very popular is mm-hmm. our bodies work off of specificity so it's like if you want a better shoulder you have to specifically work that shoulder mm-hmm. and it just isn't systems that do that and this system came up with a scientifically backed system that does that and uh, working with the biology and the nervous system. And uh, yeah, man, it, it, it works. I've, I've felt it myself and all my clients have experienced it. And so. so like, so for someone that's not watching or that's never heard of it, what, what, how would you explain it to them? What is it? Like, for example, because what confuses me is um, like all the abbreviations. Uh, what, what's the right word from like, for like functional range system, you just mm-hmm. say FRS. Yeah. So I see FRC and then all kinds of you know abbreviations. Okay. So I'm just like, so, which so, is which? What's what? So you know Doctor I mean? uh, Doctor um, Dre, we call him Dre. Dre uh, Spinoza. <laughs> he's a Canadian. He's a Brazilian black belt in jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai black belt, um, and he's a doctor and chiropractor. Uh, he came up with the system. Two thousand. It's been a lot. Yeah, two two thousand six or seven, but it was just FR which is functional release and it was a manual therapy side that you had to be a, a clinician a therapist mm-hmm. um, to do and then um, over that term you know a couple of years they were, they were going around the country the US and they're visiting some of these schools uh, they went to one school a D1 school that had the lowest injury rate because mm-hmm. um, what they found over the last 30 years despite all this uh, corrective exercises that we have NASA and NASA all this stuff 
uh, injury rates have only increased over the last 30 years. They have not decreased. Um, so they figured, what the hell is going on? So what is this school yeah. doing differently? And when they went, they were shocked to hear that they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Oh. Just by chance, they had the lowest injury rate. They hmm. weren't doing anything different. So they said, okay, where's injury taking place? It takes place at the joint, right? The joint, mm. the joint. Uh, basically, if you look at a formula for injury, it's when load exceeds capacity. So if, if you can't take the capacity in which of the force putting on that joint, the joint's going to give, or maybe the ligament, ligaments give, whatever the muscles, but it's happening at the joint because that's where movement takes place. Mm. Thus, FRC came out in about 2014, which is functional range conditioning that is specifically focused on strength training at the joint level. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's it's what is it? It's end range strength training. It's no different than than um, bodybuilding these things that are strength training, but but that's all mid range. What are you doing for your very end ranges? Injuries take place at end range, so there's no system that was strength training at the end range. Mm. That's what that does. FRC is, yeah, functional range conditioning. Just FRS, the systems, is this the umbrella of FR is for manual therapists. Yeah, FRC is for more trainers mm. and things like ourselves. We can go get that control. So there's other things to stack on that. I mean, Ken Stretch is more of a class it's a group flow thing. I was going to ask about that too. Mm -hmm. like, what's the difference between FRC and Ken Stretch? FRC is, uh, so functional range conditioning is just a cert you would have to or I, I I know these principles and I can work with somebody like that. Kin stretch is taking that to a group setting. Ideally you would work one on one with somebody because you can again you can be as specific as you want to with exactly what that person need needs since everybody's a little bit different. Kin stretch just brings that to a group setting. So um, again there's there's all these different modalities <coughs> excuse me that you know, yoga and foam rolling and stretching, and you go to a, mo a mobility class, and there's, um, you know, you'll lay on balls or do all these things. There's not a lot of things. There's nothing really built like all this functional range stuff, and it's nothing new. Just like Matt's saying, there's mm -hmm. nothing. Um, there's not like a new technique, really. It's just strength training at your end ranges, and nobody else really has applied it like this. Um, but yeah, kin stretch is just a big class setting of that. And um, again, it's just it's just backed unlike some of these other things on right. science. So. so you guys have more scientific research and method and theories and hypotheses. Well, well what backed. it is is if if you look at like okay, so what are you doing when you're strength training, right? You're you're going through tissue adaptation, right? Okay, so if we look at what what needs to be um, laid down for tissue adaptation, which is strength. Strength is tissue adaptation. Um, we need directional inputs. We need to work with said principles, right? So specifically training specific tissues with specific loads in order to change them, okay? So it's nothing new, except people are doing this, they just don't know the side side. When you're trying to grow your bicep, that's said principles, right? You're specifically right, right. imposing tissue that you want to grow. But people weren't doing this at a joint level, and our joints are what have taken the blunt of all the force, the joints okay. were injuries. So that's this all they did is they just made it the training specific to the joints. But we seem to compartmentalize the body as if like the muscle uh, is like the only factor in the body. Like muscle is the most superficial. Mm -hmm. The deep shit is where stuff happens on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. So like muscle flows into uh, different types of tissue like our ligaments our tendons that flow into the capsules which is the deepest stuff and then the bone itself right so when you're when you're training the deepest stuff you're also training all the superficial mm. when you're doing what most of us do you know mid mid-range strength training bodybuilding things like that we're only training the superficial stuff 
Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's what it is. We said it's no new science. It's it's the science of all strength training. It's just that I think when we talk about with social media, there's a huge influence on fitness that's aesthetically driven. Oh, so for sure. that's kind of where the bro science comes yeah, yeah, in, and the, che- the checks and crosses, right? Like Absolutely. this is bad form. This is good form. Exactly. You know? What kind of clients do you guys typically? Um, is it any from any, any age? Anybody. I got twelve year old tennis stars mm-hmm. to ninety year old. Wow. Nice He's going to say, usually yeah. it's almost people on s- totally opposite sides of the spectrum. You see mm. people just coming into fitness where I can stag them and go, no, 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 this, these are the things you really need to do and we can implement all these things. Or it's like people who are on the other side of it and, hey, I've gotten hurt and I've gone too far and I've lifted too much or X, Y, or mm. Z. And they come back and say, hey, I, I know I need to focus on these things. And I'm like, so it's, it's rarely somebody that's just like, meh, I just want to get burger yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. It's people who want to focus more long-term. People want to fine-tune right, stuff. Or fix themselves. People right? want to fine-tune so, stuff. So, for, for example, I mean, um, for you, I actually want you guys to give a little more example, just to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. I'm like trying to take in the little details. But let's give an example for what you said about like the joint, you know, how the superficial workouts oh. nowadays are. Or how is that even like relevant to how people are working out nowadays? Okay, so here's like an easy example. I think I was telling you this at mm-hmm. work, right? So you see people, and I use bodybuilding. I got nothing against bodybuilding. I did it for years. Right. But if we look at the bodybuilders, they're typically, you know, no flexibility, especially the bigger they get. Uh, joint problems are super prevalent in the, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody saw the Ronnie Coleman um, uh, documentary. documentary that came out, but the guy can't even walk. Oh, wow. But, you know, people look at him like, oh, you're, you're this icon, you're king, and he is. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize what he put his body through. Right. Um, so if we look at, like, what we're doing is we're just implementing another type of training that's going to help you. If you're a runner, that's going to help you get faster. You, you look at, you break down the mechanics and in, in the movements you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So to keep it real simple, we, we look at, like, something like the tricep extension, okay. right? Um, there's different grips and variants people do. Uh, I think a lot of people don't even know why they may say, oh, well, this hits your outer tricep or this mm-hmm. hits your inner. <laughs> and one thing is, it's and, and not knocking anybody, right? But it, it's if you truly knew biology and you knew anatomy well, you'd understand that like doing this and this is still hitting all the same shit back mm-hmm. here. But what it is doing differently is it's changing the position of your radial and ulnar, your elbow. So my elbow's in pronation here and my elbow's in supination here. And I'll show you on me, if you look, I got great pronation here. It's flat. I'm not show sure it to that camera. Yeah. Like so video. So, yeah, man. <laughs> so if I'm standing up here, my right arm, my thumb should be level, right? This should be level. That's good pronation. That's good supination. Uh-huh. But if you look on my left side, my pronation shit. Okay. So for me to do a tricep pull down extension, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, with a straight bar like this, if you look at my left shoulder, for me to get this level. And I'm not doing that. My elbow has to kick out. My shoulder has to internally rotate. Mm-hmm. I had pain in the shoulder doing tricep extensions like that for years. Mm-hmm. So like I'll do like the rope or I'll, I'll go even reverse because I can supinate well and then I can do those. I had elbow pain all the time doing tricep extensions going, why the hell does that hurt? It's because I don't possess that, we'll call it a prerequisite. I don't have good pronation, but yet 
I'm fixating myself in a bar that doesn't move, so now my body has to move somewhere yeah. else to make up for that. Um, Something else is going to give. Absolutely. Yes. Up or down the kinetic chain. Like, I'm compensating, right? 100%. So if I have a client that comes in and says, hey, man, I do tricep extensions. When I do it with this particular <laughs> way, it hurts my elbow. And I'm going to say, okay, well, let me look at the mechanics involved. Let me see your supination pronation. Mm. Oh, dude, your pronation's here. Well, now wonder it hurts. You're right, right, right. You don't have the, so, so the what mobility. You, what you're saying is they don't have the prerequisites as in, like, that's not something that they practice over time or something that they did or they weren't you, born with it right you, no no we're all born with it we're all, but i mean babies are a perfect example of how a human moves i got a one and a half year old right now dude and i mean he's he's as mobile as it can be it's not babies aren't super humans mm -hmm. all humans were but we don't live in a hunter-gatherer society anymore we're not out moving squatting throwing picking up shit running day to day we're sitting at offices we're sitting at desks dude for eight hours a day we're right. in school for what 12 14 years straight sitting exactly. at desk, and then we go work the rest of our life exactly. so we lose a lot of the stuff given to us at birth okay so that's what mobility real mobility training mm. is strength training with flexibility mm. so we're just giving people back what they once had that way you can do whatever yeah. the hell you want to do. There's I no, like that. There's no right or like wrong exercises, 100%. man. That's what we were talking about with the checks and, and crosses is like, you, you go online, you look, this guy's got 200,000 followers and he's telling you, hey bro, this is the right way to do a bench press for every human on the planet. Assuming that we all have the same prerequisites, we all have the same biology, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. What we do is we look at what do you have, what are you doing, and what are you missing for what you're doing? And we just give you the tools to regain what you once had so mm -hmm. you can do that as hopefully pain-free as possible and for as long as you want. A lot of times it's nice to catch that preemptively too on somebody. I mean, just like Matt's saying, he used the, he used the elbow flexion example or the, the bicep or the tricep example. But I mean, for a lot of people, the, the best layman one I can give is like, if you have your arms straight and you're trying to raise this up, the second my rib flares out or my pelvis tips forward or I extend in my back, it's like I'm compensating for my shoulder. I'm not mm. using my shoulder anymore. I'm using my body for my shoulder. We want to give people back their shoulder or their hip or their knee. Like we want them to use that piece of their body. And on top of that, it's like if I have somebody that can't get to here and they have to compensate in all these ways, mm -hmm. should I be loading them? Should I put a dumbbell in their Probably hand? Not a good idea. Absolutely. <laughs> and you don't have to be a genius to, to understand that either. It's like it's just not a good idea. So, I mean, it's really good to catch that stuff preemptively or mm -hmm. find somebody in your area that knows that knows about that. That's that's where the, you talk, going back to the acronyms, right? So FRA is another one. Um, right now, I'm currently the only person in Ventura and Santa Barbara uh, County qualified for this. So functional wow. range assessments or physical, physical. You go to a doctor for a physical, what, two minutes? Physical, physical. Right? <laughs> Bang on your knees, maybe, makes you cough, whatever. Cough. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, uh, depending on the person, I mean, in an ideal world, you'll let me assess every single joint because I'm assuming you don't just work out a few parts of your body. Right. But I'm going to assess the joint. We know what a human joint should have kind of in range, and I'm going to assess that. And I'm going to establish a baseline for where you should train optimally to avoid injury. And then we're going to address the areas that don't have enough range of motion mm. for what you're doing. And then that's the optimal way to train is most people, they just come into somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I wanna do this. And then the, and then the trainer just throws weights on the person. Mm. Maybe they have them do an overhead squat assessment, but what is that really telling you? Having someone put an overhead squat assessment. It's like, that, that's a bunch of joints working at once and we don't know what the hell's going on. So <laughs> you, should, you should have a better understanding and a good baseline, especially working with a trainer um, because I don't think people realize really people's like you know their their well-being is in our hands i think a lot of people not taken away from any trainer i think they all go into it because they want to help people 
but I think a good majority of us um, don't realize that like the repercussions of what we're doing, we can make people way worse. And I've seen it. I've mm. been in this industry for 10 years. I've done it in the past. I've, right. I've done things I thought was good for people, but I didn't really understand what I was doing essentially. Right. So that goes back to knowing the science of what you're doing and having a well understanding, but also establishing a baseline for where someone, what they can really do. Everybody wants to do something, but do they have the prerequisite to do what they want to do? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, well, let's give them back to them. That makes sense. I'm actually working with one of the trainers in the 24 hour fitness and he, I, I didn't even know I was using, I wasn't using part of my back or like breathing the right way or just like understanding my hips a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So like working with mobility and function just kind of blew my mind every time I'm meeting with him. I was supposed to meet with him today. So sorry, Kevin. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I like what you mentioned. You're be giving back people what they naturally have to possess. 100%. 100%. It's you know? nothing new. It just was lost mm -hmm. over time. Yeah. The body really, I mean, we don't know the nervous system well, but what we do know is that the nervous system governs everything in the mm -hmm. body. When someone can't touch the floor, it's not like, oh, my hamstrings are tight. That's a sensation, right? You say, I feel tight. Okay, they're not physically tight. It's a mm -hmm. sensation. The nervous system gives you that sensation. So you don't go to the floor because you don't possess what it feels is the, the adequate amount of strength or control there. So your nervous system doesn't feel safe somewhere, it's gonna lock things up. Right. This is where we go back to foam rolling, other shit like that that people do. Um, and they're like, why do I gotta foam roll every single time I need to squat? My hamstrings are always tight. Maybe your hamstrings aren't the issue. Maybe your hips are lacking fundamental movement and so the nervous system locks the muscles up around it to protect you and that's what it is it doesn't feel safe and it's going to lock things up or i mean to the same effect if you go in it's like all right you know it's my squat day and i have to load up this much and i'm doing this many sets if you have to foam roll to get into the position that you feel like you have to squat you're kind of like cheating your body into that position and again if you can't get there cold it's probably not a good idea to load a bunch of weight and get there after you've you know, played some party trick on your body to gain a little bit more motion so you can hit the numbers you want to hit. I mean, it's, you, you can gain it naturally. It's like, it's like, it's like diet or anything, I guess. I mean, you mm -hmm. can get there naturally or I could starve myself for a couple days and I can hit my weight or, I mean, it's, you know, you, you can cheat anything, I guess, like that. Yeah. The way, the way I, the way I see it is um, sort of like looping and keeping maintenance on your body because I was in a position where, let's say I would go into squat or bench or deadlift. Uh, I would have to warm up for, I would need at least 30 minutes to warm up my joints to be able to properly exercise. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have that time, I wouldn't even go training. Right. So I came to a point mm -hmm. where I asked myself, what am I even training for when I need this much time to warm up? Like, am I even, tra am I training for real life? Like if I get in a fight, I'm gonna be like, hold on, let me warm up real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Right. It came to a point where I realized I had to do something with my body to... I Warming up is very important, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't warm up, but it shouldn't take you an hour right. to Absolutely not. warm right. up. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? You, your body should be able to at least go in there and do a oh. proper squat past the grass without having to form so, a... So let me, let me get this straight, because yeah. I'm, I'm the basic guy here, guys. <laughs> so what you're saying is, the reason why people felt that they have to warm up longer is because they're they've been in the past they've been overcompensating other parts of their body. So 
Am I get? Did I get that right? Or? Um, yeah, I think I, I no, I think you. Uh, yes, like yeah. Yeah, you get it right. I, I think everybody's gonna be different reasons. Maybe that, mm-hmm. like I said, their hamstrings are tight every single day. Uh. So in order to get into a deeper squat or 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 deadlift more correctly or whatever they want to do, they they have to do something that temporarily loosens up those muscles and i'm going to use these probably a right, lot right, right. here um, <laughs> All good. and 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 that's because it is very simple to uh to trick your nervous system into giving you a bit more range of motion mm-hmm. the problem with that is is just because your nervous system allows you just like it governs like if my arm is only here right this is my active ability and let's say i can do this mm-hmm. so that's all my passive range of motion okay that means that just because I can go there passively, I'm not going to take weight and force myself there because mm-hmm. I have no neurological control over that tissue. That's right. not prepared tissue. But the good news is, is because I can passively go there, I can now start to train this stuff. Nice. You know, with body weight and then slowly into resistance training, things like that. But I shouldn't have to, like you said, I shouldn't have to trick my body into giving me some kind of range of motion just so that I can squat ass to grass. Like I said, mm. you see me at the gym. Yeah, yeah. I sit... Oh. Ass the grass. I literally can get my sure. ass to the ground and sit there. My son sits the same way. I've been doing it my whole life since I could squat, mm-hmm. and that's why I still have it. I'm not this. Yeah, I am more flexible than like the average person, but that big reason is because I put my body into ranges that it's possessed forever, and I don't mm. stop doing that. Love it. You know, move it or lose it's the easiest way to look at our body. Yeah. Damn, that's very powerful. Give me a second, guys. Yeah. Um, can you activate it? Because my friggin' alarm just to. Just press that red button. <laughs> yeah. Again. Press it again. There we go. All right. But did you? Were you gonna say something? Um. Yes, I was about to say something, but I just lost my track of my oh. train of thought. Hold on, it'll come back to me. <laughs> it's all good. That's not my fault. But uh, right now, what are you guys seeing? You know, working at you work. You work at the which. I work at uh, the Ventura 24-Hour Fitness. Okay. I work at a smaller gym in the in Ventura called the Studio, right. and I do classes at Patagonia too. Okay. But. So, um, what are you guys seeing today working with people that's like affecting people? based on you guys' knowledge. What do you, uh, can you elaborate a little bit? Like, on what that? are you seeing that's like the common mistakes or you know things that are people often not considering? I mean, you guys kind of just mentioned it. I mean, yeah, it's. It, it's a lot what we just mentioned. It's, it's not so much mistakes. I don't think people are like consciously, you know, doing it. It's more than um, neglect. Yeah, I, I mean, people act like if they're not pushing, pulling, you know, hinging or squatting, they're not doing something that they should be doing. And just like Matt was saying, our end range stuff. Those are all great mid range exercises. Your end range stuff is really um, lacking, and I think that's what. What mostly what we run into is people simply don't have the range. They sit in a chair all day and they go and sit in their car and they go home and sit at the dinner table and eat. That was me. And they act like they want to squat deeper than 90 degrees or, totally or, or about where they are, right? Um, so again, it's not like, like they're trying to do it on purpose. I think it's just a lack of knowledge. They just want to go and get hard, you know, do it harder and get it done kind of thing. It's mostly that. It's mostly people... Just like Matt was saying, use the shoulder example. I can, Mike can bring my shoulder to here. If you grabbed my arm and brought it past there, uh-huh. people are training in these passive ranges, mm. however they want to get themselves. And that's where you really get hurt. Makes um, sense. Yeah, and so that, that's the most, most common thing, I think. And again, it's a great to get assessed by somebody who can properly assess that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Are, are you certified in FRC or? I'm, kind of... I'm certified in FRC. I'm waiting to hear back from my kin stretch thing, but um, yeah. And Matt is FRC and Matt is FRA. That's why I refer to him. So he so, does the assessment stuff really. I'm just, I'm just curious. So what does FRC like quali- does qualify you to like? You have to do that first. It's, it's the foundation of their system. You can't do any other cert till you understand their system and their principles. But what does it qualify you to do? It's um. Or, or what is it? Um, teach you strength or... training for your joints, man, and range strength training. I loved how, um, I mean, when I did my seminar, Dr. Spina put it like, you know, we, there's a lot of things you can do. If I signed up for the, for the, for the, the TRX certification or the whatever certification or the power, you know, step on anybody's toes, but like yeah. it teaches you like a list of exercises. This isn't really a list of exercises. There are some things like that you learn some. Um, some specific things you can do with your, you know, with, with, with the joints and everything or pattern ways that we put it together, but it's more of you go and you learn a thought process mm. and not like we, we could do these exercises to get this result. I mean, there is that, but it's, it's much more than a list of exercises. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's thought, a thought process for sure. It's, it's the way you, you look at the body way differently when you actually understand how the body works from a cellular level so like shit doesn't happen at an at a superficial level it mm-hmm. happens at a cellular level so like i said going back if like trainers really understood biology um and then especially the biology of the person in front of them because all of us are, are biologically made up differently mm-hmm. um i think they would stop doing a lot of stuff they're doing and oh, prioritize wow. a lot of other stuff because um, like I said, it's no, it's, it's FRC is it's strength training for the joints. Like if you come into me, for example, one of the biggest deficiencies we find typically in people, um, if you look at like the main ball and socket joints, our hips, our shoulders, those are ball and sockets. So the fundamental movement, the number one movement you have and need is rotation because it's a ball and socket. Mm. What does everybody train? Linear. Okay. What happens wow. if your <laughs> shoulder doesn't come up? What do you do typically? You foam roll your pec, mm-hmm. um, your lats, your your traps. You do all this shit and you try to, what you think is loosening everything up around mm-hmm. you. Knots, for example, don't exist. It's a sensation. There's Your muscles don't lock into a ball. <laughs> um, but if I look at someone, 10 out of 10 times, someone's arm stops here. You know what they're missing? Internal rotation mm-hmm. of the shoulder. If you're lacking capsule, that's your capsular. If you're lacking capsular stuff, and that's <laughs> and without the and, with, and we'll look after it. But a lot of people say that I'm like, oh, I got that, man. That's shoulder yeah. blade. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. take take your shoulder blade and keep your shoulder blade in place, and then try to rotate. It's a different story. Most people got. I used to play baseball. I got crazy external rotation, but because of that, wow. I'm deficient in my internal on this side. Guess which side of my shoulders had injuries and problems. So um, th- those are the things that like we look at, like. If someone has an issue, I'm not gonna guess. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, you have a bless you." Bless you. I have a you have a tight lat. You have a tight this. Yeah, maybe you do. But if you dive deeper, this is where we go back to it's a thought process. Why is that lat tight, and why is my shoulder not allowing it to go into normal flexion at least 90? Right. Well, let me just look at the fucking shoulder and see what it's doing. <laughs> Let's not guess, man. Let's yeah. not make you have a do a bunch of different modalities. Not that that. Uh, different types of interventions of foam rolling you can use that for mobilizing and stuff if you if you know really what why you're doing it um maybe i I mobilize a little bit to help me get into a new range of motion but i gotta strength train that new range that doesn't mean put a freaking dumbbell in my hand and now shoulder press 50 pounds in that shoulder that's not what you have to be doing it (laughs) (laughs) we all did though you know it's because 
exactly what you said how, what people do because my my mobility problem is my overhead as well so every time uh, I'm not gonna skip overhead day so every time no. I overhead I gotta I would gotta roll out my lats gotta stretch out the chest mm -hmm. and somehow I can improve maybe a couple of inches but 100% you know, I, I still always have that, you know, minor pain here, minor shoulder impingement. Right. So it's getting to the point where I'm fucking frustrated. And I've heard about, you know, um, functional rest conditioning can stretch for a long time. But mm -hmm. like I said, it is. There's not a lot of people in the area, man. That's why. I'm the way, you know, the way I look at it too, it's like, there's, you know, you put a lot of effort into strength training. You put a lot of effort in, people put a lot of effort into endurance training. And mobility training is like, well, I'll do that like five minutes before my workout or after my workout or off in the corner somewhere with a foam roll, a crossball or a cane that I shove into my chest. And it's like, it's like an easy thing to do almost. And nothing in life really that's worthwhile is like that easy. Again, it's like we relate it to the strength training thing. It's like somebody came to you and said, hey, dude, I found a really new, easy, fast way to get super buff. It's going <laughs> to, we could do it five minutes in the corner. You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Damn, like, no, <laughs> but, but we don't think about that with, with mobility. We just go, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just do that in the corner. But I mean, it actually takes work. So it's hard work. It's just, yeah, exactly. And just like Matt's saying, it's not bad to use passive modalities. So just passively stretching or foam rolling or this or that. But when, when somebody is out in the world out here and we all probably know a couple people like this, but you know, their thing is to, hey, I'll improve your mobility, I'll improve your squat by rubbing this sexy blade across your skin, and you pay me money to do that. It's it's crookery to me. It's just like, I, I, I don't know, that stuff doesn't actually improve anything. As long as you understand that and you still want it, absolutely, if it makes you feel better. But yeah, I, I mean, that's what we try to bring to the table, or I try to bring to the table, at least. <laughs> yeah, think yeah. about it. Um, once again, going back to the science, uh, tissue adaptation, it takes time, dude. it takes months, so it's like, that's just the thing. Like, if you think doing something for five minutes that gives you this temporary range of motion is doing anything, you, you besides giving you temporary range of motion, you know you're fooling yourself. Because nothing in the body just happens overnight. It takes a lot of time, other than injuries. Injury can happen overnight, mm. right? But that was or probably second. Yeah, and that was still probably stemming from years of abuse, right? Um, doing that, putting yourself into a passive range, like you know, foam rolling the lat to always get into your shoulder, and then eventually one day the shoulder goes, I'm done, and you have an injury, right? Wow. So so it goes, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> but you you have to realize I'm saying if, that's, if you don't understand the biology, it's like I know that if I want to increase and actually get cold mobility, so we'll just go there. So say my warm mobility's here, and I'll, I'm gonna cheat with the shoulder blade, but. My cold, my warm mobility comes to here after I, I do some stuff, right. even mobility training. I know for months on end, I'm gonna have to do that mobility training to actually get lasting change. Mm -hmm. So that one day, maybe two or three months down the road, I wake up in the morning and boom, I'm here. Wow. But that took months and effort, day in, day out to do. Just like if you wanna grow your chest, you're gonna just bench press a couple minutes once a week no. and think that you're gonna get any change? No, it takes, it, progressive overload it takes months and months and years for people it's no different at the joint level it's no different for all that other stuff but it's i think the biggest problem 
is that it's not sexy. It's not fun. Mm. The industry throws around sexy exercises, man. I want to back squat. Smart I want to do all this shit. No one wants to do the boring shit. Dude. People don't want to do the boring shit. Bro. That's what gets you to do the sexy shit, man. That's what makes you a better athlete, a better whatever you're doing. But no one wants to take the time to do that. And that's, I think, why we're not hearing about like mm-hmm. this type of mobility training. At least, and I do this once again because there's a lot of people that say mobility training. Uh, Kelly Sturt is a, is nothing against him. I used to this supple leopard book. I know a lot of CrossFitters people use that. I'm going to band extract. I'm going to phone roll. Boom. I'm going to go do this. That's all mobilizing, man. Mobility. Is that the guy from Get Ready State? Uh, no, I'm not sure. Kelly Sturt. He, he, he does mobility wad stuff. The, yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The mobility wad. And so that's kind of funny to me because it's called mobility wad. Nothing he's doing in there is strength training. And it has how Dr. Spina sees mobility. Um, if we look at mobility as the action, action of movement, it's it's control during movement. So it's like it's strength training with flexibility. So not only am I going to gain this flexibility, but I'm going to gain active control of this flexibility. Active, that's the key word here, not passive. So any passive input you do, foam roll, anything that's external, not internally created through yourself is passive. So passive inputs equal passive outputs. Mm. So if we don't have an active component, yoga. So what is passive even good for? But you it's a it's the prerequisite to a new movement potential. Mm-hmm. If I want to move up here, but I don't, well, I have to get flexibility first. Right. But then once I establish flexibility, I need strength there as well. Mobility training uh, at, the, at the scope of the FRS system, it's capturing that at once. It's two birds with one stone, right? Got it. I'm not going to have to foam roll and then do some band strengthening, some other stuff. No, I'm going to just do this type of mobility training, how we do it, and you're going to gain flexibility and strength at the same time. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Sense. So it's like passive is, I'm not saying flexibilities, uh, it's, you absolutely need it, especially dancers and martial artists like us. Mm-hmm. We have to be flexible, but we have to have strength in our flexibility. So yes, you have to stretch, but you also have to have the strength training aspect mm-hmm. of that end range. And what people, what people actually want when they, when people come to us and say, you know, you know I just want to be more flexible. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't know what other word to use really, but it's just like, they're not talking about I want to be able to touch my toes with me sitting on the ground and that's going to be, well, great. Everything's going to be fine if I touch my toes, right? Like, no, I mean, they, they want to be able to move better in their body. And a lot of times it's just not expressed as well as, 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 as other course. people can put it. But it's like, yeah, they don't care about being passively flexible necessarily. Nobody does unless, um, I mean, again, I'm taking this from other people, but unless you just want to take a really cool picture, there's no other reason to just be passively flexible. Like Matt was saying, it's a prerequisite. It's a, um, you know, I have to have that little bit of range to build upon that a little bit more, a little bit more. But um, most of the time it's like, yeah, people want to be more actively mobile than, 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 than passively flexible anyway. So mm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, um, and I like you, Drake, so the, the, the creator of FRS, I mean, the guy's brilliant, right? And I think what he says it best, right, is a quote that, um, and I've used this all the time in a lot of my posts, uh, flexibility with the absence of strength is useless flexibility. That being said, it is the potential for new movement pathways. So don't get misscrewed. I don't mean that flexibility is useless. You you, you fucking need it. But if you're just trying to achieve flexibility alone, it's useless. You don't have control over it. You have to use gravity. You have to have a person, an object, or something to get you there. 
how does that make you kick higher if you're a martial artist, right? How does that make you jump further or jump higher or throw further? It mm -hmm. doesn't. And that's why people fall short so mm -hmm. often. They, they, you temporarily feel better. Let me tell you, if you're a football player and you can't touch your toes and you do yoga for months and now you have a new game flexibility, at first you're gonna feel better. Until guess what? You get put into that new flexibility and you have no control and then your knee tore. Oh wow. Or your hip went out of sock. I mean, <laughs> these are the things that happen, but people just don't know any better. Right. It's not really the, it's not really out there for them yet to know. And so like he was saying, when someone comes in and say they want more flexibility, what they're really saying, I think, and like he's saying, is they're saying like Dude, I want to squat without my lower back feeling tight, without mm. my hamstrings feeling tight. They're Got not it. saying I want to get on the floor like a yogi and throw my <laughs> leg over my head. Because that they're not a yogi throwing their leg over their head. But they just don't know what mobility, as we see it, uh, mobility training is. And it's just that. Right. It's like, I can actively take my leg and bring it pretty close to my face. Mm -hmm. But then I can grab it and I can put it behind. Which one's going to serve me more purpose in, like, say, jiu-jitsu, something we practice? Because mm. if I can just bring my leg up here, great, that's great. A guy can just bust out of that, pull my leg, move it out of the way. But if I got <laughs> some strength or control there, it's going to be much harder to move me, right? So it's intense, right? There is no right or wrong exercise. It's the your why, why are you doing this, and the intent behind it. I can have someone squat 10 different people, and, and the intent's going to be different for every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Unless they all just want to have a nice, deep squat. Mm. But, you know, some people have squat if they're an athlete. Um, there's proof that, that squatting does translate into more power, explosion, things like that. Right. Um, so it's always got to have intent into what we're doing. And I don't think we have that. We really kind of look more like back to the flashy, the sexy. Like, I want to squat because that shit looks tight. Mm -hmm. I want to I wanna put 300 pounds on my back <laughs> and go ass to grass. And that shit is tight. Yeah. I fucking love it. But what's the intent of that? If that's all you want to do and you know that, fucking awesome. But if you're doing that just because you think it's cool... And you're you're in pain every day, and you're doing this. And what's the intent, dude? Why are you really doing this? Do you do, how does this translate into any? How does it cross over into anything else you're doing? Exercise should be about unless you're bodybuilding, because bodybuilding is just about aesthetics, right? Um, take any other person; they're in the gym to to pick up their child better, man, to hike pain free, to, right. to run faster, whatever. Mm -hmm. So how are the exercises you're doing translating or crossing over into the shit you do outside of the gym? The gym is not true, what true. makes us. It's where we- It's we, what we do outside of We train yeah, for where we train 3D we, life for life, out in the for life, Exactly. Right? To keep yourself sustainable. In 100%. Long you know, to, to add on to that too, I mean, it's something that I always kind of is a pet peeve for me is people use the word functional a lot now. And I was just functional, about to say that. Dude, yeah. Functional, functional, That's functional. Because I don't you know. know. I don't know what I'm saying. Here's our weight area. Here's our elliptical area. Here's our functional yeah. area. I mean, it, it, it's kind of ridiculous to say something is functional and something is not. You know, having the battle rope while standing on a BOSU is functional while, you know, doing a bicep curl is it's not. If I'm, if I want to grow my arms bigger, or um, if I want to have thicker arms to choke people easier, or whatever the case may be, my bicep curl is going to be very functional for me. Um, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. I used to oh. say, "Fuck bicep curl." Now you curl for years. If I'm pulling, bro, I'm hitting my bicep. Why should I bicep curl? You should just be doing. You should just be doing full compound body. That's like. I mean, I still kind of agree to that to an extent, but it's just like to to come back to it. It depends what the person wants and the intent. Intent, intent just like Matt is saying. But yeah, that that always sends me down such a road because it's just like you can't say something is 
necessarily functional just because there's a certain tool involved or something mm -hmm. like that. It, anything and everything could be functional for the right person, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the biology in, sitting in front of you, right? Who's the person in front of you and what's the intent? Mm. That will always trump the exercise. So to say this is a functional movement, to who? This is a shoulder mobility. For what? For, for, an, uh, for a crossfitter? For a jiu-jitsu player? Right? For a baseball player? What is this shoulder mobility for? You know, there's a lot of... Uh, not they're incomplete sentences right so to speak you know so the intent we go back to that intent is always going to trump the exercise mm -hmm. you know like he was saying we there's a bunch of exercises in the frc but the creator will tell you we didn't create any of these exercises no. we just put together a system and with the principles and and a flow chart a way to where to start and where to end but we didn't create any of this shit. it's been around forever it's just we put it together in a way that that works for what we're trying to achieve but at the end of the day if, if someone can't get into this position but they still need more hip rotation well, i got a thousand ways to work mm -hmm. on hip rotation for someone i don't just need the 90-90, which you've probably seen, if you're aware of it, the 90-90 is glorified. And even in our own community of the mm -hmm. FRS, it's like, if you, you know, 90-90 base position is like the holy grail. Sorry, FRC, creator, <laughs> Dre, but it's okay. it, it should not be used for probably 70% of the population. That means you have to have 90, and this guy has it passively, I don't quite, but 90 degrees here and 90 degrees here internal and external to even sit in that position which is why so many people are in it awkwardly so mm. um, but once again it is one of the more sexy looking positions mm -hmm. of what we do in a world of non-sexy movements you know it, it, um, and sometimes it's just more practical too you don't need anything necessarily around you you don't need a, an angled bench or a block or this yeah. or that so it's easier used but yeah it's 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 rare that you come across somebody with the nine, 90 90 literally in the name it's this really the first ever frc exercise i did <laughs> wow. 99. Yeah. And you can do it, you can modify it, and it is great. Like you said, look, you're in a hotel room, dude, you gotta work on hip, internal, external. There you go. You don't have any uh, things to use. You can get into that position. You can use a pillow to maybe go under one hip to, to level out your pelvis if you're having some pain in the back. Mm -hmm. uh, you can modify anything, and you should be able to. Once again, it's not about the exercise, it's about the intent. But yeah, um, that is one particular, just I use that because it is like more of the sexy. Or I think he would just, most people just recommend it for uh, hip mobility. I mean, right, and right. I'm sure it works. And yeah. um, a lot of people just want more of that because you know, yeah. everybody's squatting. Absolutely. And now that you mentioned intent, I think that's a very uh, important thing to have, especially when you're warming up, because I see a lot of people at the gym Warming, warming up like they'll have like a pair of dumbbells and they'll just be going like this. Oh like, god, around. don't even get me oh, started on that. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, what are you holding? Let me, god damn it. Camera up. Yeah, yeah. Can you get my no, phone low battery. Like, give me your charger, bro. I'm gonna set it up. I dig it. Uh, I left right there on the side. God damn I know that bubble too. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm on low battery for life. Man, bro. <laughs> I need a new camera. And don't get me wrong, you know, I used to be one of those people about some I would even just hop on the treadmill, you know, get my heart going, but it's not your fault, man. You don't know any better. As I started learning, you know, what am I really warming up for? You know, like absolutely. If I see people there by the trained legs and then they start warming up the shoulders and then it's like you That's know. funny you say that, yeah. I see people that are doing external rotation stuff, uh, when they're gonna go do their legs. Yeah. But like, like, why? You know. Um back squatting. Absolutely, yeah, that's true, that's shoulder, true, right? that's true. but I don't think people know that. I think they just were told, "Hey, dude, do this as a warm up before you go do X, Y, and Z." 
but why? Cool. Um, two, actually, wow, this is a lot. Just so you know, this, I probably retained only like less than 10% of this, but that's all I listened to. I it learned again. a lot. Yeah, no, for sure. I learned a lot too. I'm always learning. That's why I said I'm going to pick you guys' brain. Oh, yeah, but we, um, got, got we are like at the 45 minute mark, so I don't want to take you guys' time up too much. But um, oh, we're just going to kind of wrap it up. Um, for what you guys. Did you do jiu-jitsu, by the way? Yeah, you guys. You, yeah, he's almost a black belt. Nice. Oh, really? We're, yeah. we're trying to get into it. Too, yeah, right? maybe this guy, I've been trying to so, you know, what, actually, that's a, maybe it's a quick little question, but what do you guys would recommend for us to, since we've been into kind of like bodybuilding, he's a little more deep into that, but uh-huh. transitioning to jiu-jitsu and more, uh, you know, self-defense. Mobility. Uh, I, I, I mean, yeah, what kind of stuff? Mobility, um, honestly, I've been a huge, for a long time, huge fan of kettlebells. For mm-hmm. some reason, there's just a, uh, there's nothing quite like that. I mean, obviously, if you want to load yourself up, barbells are great, but I mean, to... Um, to strength condition. Strength condition, yeah. Strength kettlebells, is, is, there's okay. no other way. And, 100%. and yeah, mobility training, obviously, with me or Matt. Oh, that's that's yeah. physical jiu jitsu. <laughs> it's all about leveraging at a joint yeah, and yeah. submitting somebody, right? So, how do you train your joints to be more resilient for submissions or, or getting out of submissions? You gotta cool. do end range strength training. Got it. What do you guys train at? Because I've been looking for a gym on. Uh, Marumbi Academy in Ventura under Fabio Leopoldo. Okay. Both of you guys go there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, right now, uh, future-wise, what do you, what is it looking like for you guys in the next couple of years with your current knowledge, especially with this? What are you guys trying to create that maybe the voice community can uh, support you guys with? Um, well, um, and I think we're on a very similar page, mm-hmm. um, and we talk a lot about getting a business and things going. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to be mistaken, I don't want people to think like. Mobility is all I do, right? I do it all. I just, the reason I I, I emphasize it so much is because it's just not something that people are adding into their arsenal or or their tool belt. It's the thing you run into the most too. People don't often come into you and they're just not strong enough to stand or they they walked in and they were completely out of breath. Most of the time, like that's the low hanging fruit that you can use. Yeah, my shoulder hurts, man. My knee hurts, you know, Um, and this is what I want to do. Well, these are the tools you need to do that. So that's why we emphasize it so much. But really, it's just getting the community, I think, um, exposing more of the importance of this. Mm. And once again, it's not to replace it. Any system that says it does it all is fucking full of shit. Mm. This is just, this is specifics, right? So this is the specifics for joint training, right? Mm. And the beauty of it is, is it does translate into anything else you do. If you have hips that move better, you're going to fucking run better, mm. right? So uh, educating the community, I think, um, getting people out there to understand the importance of it, um, and then just kind of spreading that throughout. Because like we said, I think aesthetics kind of runs the industry right now, and it probably always will. It's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. Social media, sexy shit. I think people, that's kind of why they started going to the gym, you know? Yeah, yeah no, yeah, totally, we bro. All, we all want to look I good naked, about that right? Yeah. That's why I started this series, because I knew there was a stigma that people get on fitness just for the looks. But not necessarily for themselves. At the end of the day, yeah, really. We might say, look, if we took away the fact mm-hmm. that, like, muscular guys look cool or fucking chicks with six packs and big asses is what it's about. <laughs> you take that away and you really go, why are you really here? Mm-hmm. People are going to tell you, I just want to fucking feel better. Mm-hmm. I want to be stronger. You know, maybe I want to run faster. The real shit will come out, but I'm sure it's the influence is aesthetics. And Absolutely. we got we to gotta fucking get rid of that stigma. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you eat right, you exercise, mm-hmm. and you just are a healthy human being, you're going to fucking look good. 
So take that away. Don't make that your number one motivation. Mm-hmm. Make feeling good and being healthier, stronger, being a fucking human. Humans were, human. were two million years old. And, and then there's a reason that we're still around that long, right? We're born dexterous. We're born flexible. We're born strong. There's no weak human born. That's something that happens. A word that I call this, I don't know if you guys follow uh, Jailhouse Strong, but it's a group of powerlifters. They call it, mm-hmm. you got to be gas station ready. Yeah, they got, they got a book out, right? You're at two in the morning, if a hobo shows up, you know, asking for your money, are you gonna be ready or are you not gonna be ready? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're I gonna wanna be, be gas station ready. <laughs> o- always stay in fight shape. Yeah. yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, uh, what do you guys wanna say to anybody that's listening, whether it's family, people who are like into fitness? Go first. Um, How can people reach reach you guys? You know, if they want to get better with their mobility. Um. Well, I am yeah, probably Instagram is yeah. the biggest biggest hub to get to get at. I'm I put, at, I put that down there. So yeah, yeah, at Movement Dojo, at Mindset for Movement for Matt. We're but um, the number four for four. Nice. Yeah. Mindset yes, that's right. Four. The four. Mindset four number four movement. Um. But what do we want to say to people? Um. Yeah, just dig a little bit deeper into this stuff. Um. Be intentful with your body if intentful is a word i'm not even sure but um no look a little bit deeper into this stuff um work with somebody who knows knows what they're doing whether it's me or matt or somebody around in your area um do your cars get off your ass i I had a couple questions sure what is cars cars is control the particular rotation correct yeah so you just like um, this, this well, car? no, that would be a capsule car because that's your capsule is just the rotation part of the joint. The joint itself has the full movement, so it's just the easiest way to put it. It is the expression of your full amount of range of motion that you possess at the time. So going back to like move it or lose it, um, if you want to maintain whatever range of motion a joint has, you do your cars. You brush your. T- I love this. Uh, yeah, Hunter. Hunter, Hunter Fitness. That's Hunter Fitness. Word, bro. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a friend of mine, uh, a mentor. Worked with them. Um, the guy's amazing. But he was on a podcast, which everybody should watch. Uh, Wellness Mama podcast. He did he talks about a lot of the same shit. But he referred to it as the brushing the teeth of your joints. Right? It's pre- it's preventative measure, man. It, it, it takes. 10 minutes maybe to go through your whole body head to toe and we've done that all our lives you get up and brush your teeth so you don't get horrible diseases in your mouth yeah. and we don't even think about that in your joints so it's just like yeah just like these the looping of the joints They're, yeah 100 yeah. man we don't yeah. we're not vast there's a little bit of vascularity but there's not much vascularity uh, in the joints themselves the only way to get the synovial fluids and the and the, the um, nutrients and the shit you need is movement movements are number one thing that pushes shit around the body um, so that's it, man. It's the preventative measure. It's the brushing the teeth of the joints, like he what said. What about rails? Pels and rails. Oh, so that's that's diving into the system. That's kind of the um, deeper into it. Or? Well, no, that just that the pels and rails. Progressive angular isometric loading and rails is regressive angular so, isometric. So basically, that's the that's where you start. Remember, we said there's a flow chart. There's a there's a system where you start based off the the biology in front of you. Mm-hmm. So if you needed more internal rotation in your shoulder, we start with pels and rails isometrics because it's it's the safest way to train, um, and it's the fastest way to gain strength and flexibility. So that's what pels and rails are. And there's a whole then there's pels and rails which you take the eye out and now you're actually moving mm-hmm. and ranged up, but Pels and rails, because you'll see that's mostly what people see, cars and pels and rails. Mm-hmm. Pels and rails is just creating a workspace that we need. And then once you have a desired workspace, that's where we, we go into the next parts of the, the system, which is building control of that workspace, progressive overload, right? Getting more strength in that space and, and, and just keep doing that. But that's how we gain the 
the range of motion first. So if right. you're lacking a range of motion, we start with the pels and rails, and then we move on from there. Wow, interesting. Okay, so kind of missed that. To learn. I missed that a little bit. I was setting this up. It's stupid technology. <laughs> no worries. But uh, thanks for being here, thanks guys. For us, um, yeah, no, Thank I, you. I learned so much. Um, shout out to Circle Hub for having this. It's the first time I'm setting up in here as well. Yeah, it's cool. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it was a little hot, so thanks for bearing. Yeah, there was like a little sauna. It's just you guys, man. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It was a little hot earlier. <laughs> so, hey, you gotta uh, knock it down. But other than that, uh, thanks for listening, guys. You're listening to On The Go Voice uh, podcast. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because your voice is the one that matters. That's On The Go. All right. Let's